Previously on Hoya Podcast. I can't believe season two is coming to an explosive end. Very somber end. Somebody dies. Mm. Somebody kicks the bucket. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. Okay, sorry. Hold on. My, because I wasn't touching it, it went off, and I don't want, like, my audio to just cut out all of a sudden. So. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. She's always been, she always will yeah. be with us. <laughs> That's a threat, Laura, by the way. Get down! Get down! Get down! Get down! Get down! It never works! While watching television, Hank sees a commercial featuring Megalomart's spokesman, Chuck Mangione, as Yay. he announces that the store is now selling dildos! We're like Miss Hitler. Basically the same thing. Yeah, she's so mean. I know, she's just as mean as Hitler. I think Amy's having a stroke. (laughs) (laughs) She's just repeating. Five! (laughs) You may recall Ray from the Jump in Crack Bass episode. He was the one that burned down his tackle shop. Because he was going in Trout of Business. Trout of Business. (laughs) (laughs) Trout of Business and Trout of His Mind. Um, And at the same time, A big sign unrolls and drops down behind Chuck, and it just says, Fuck Megalo Kunz. (laughs) And everyone's like, scandalized. They're like, hot. And everyone starts making out. Everybody starts jerking off. The boom is when they all come. We don't find out until the end that what the real plan was was to make everyone so horny that it blows up the building. Horniness runs at least 500 Kelvin. Suddenly, a huge explosion rips through the store. (gasps) Chuck's stage is blown up. Debris (laughs) is raining down from the heavens. Peggy stands up and she screams, Hank! And then Bill screams, Chuck! I would shit my pants if we talked to Chuck Mangione. What the hell was I thinking? (laughs) What are you laughing at? No, nothing. Okay. (laughs) I'm just smiling. (laughs) What? Why? Sometimes I just get like a wild hair up my ass. It's trivia time. It's time for trivia. Stop to suck my trivia dick. Stop. Wait. Let me think. Um. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Um. Is it a loot? And they're just like, you know, you have the teeth of an eighty-year-old, right? And I'm just like, well, I don't know what to tell you about that. Okay. There was a man who lived on, or a woman who worked a. <laughs> nope. I don't know what I'm saying. I'm thinking of Mulberry Lane. Bird. That's the bakery guy. The muffin man! That's the muffin <laughs> No one's going to be licking anything out of anyone's mouth anytime and then soon. The, and then the finishing touch. Gentle kiss on your nose. On the tip <laughs> of your nose. With people screaming in the background and like the megalomarts on fire and we don't know the fate of Hank or Luann yet. And I guess Buckley, but whatever. I, that guy dies. He sucks. Dang all megalomart. Dang all Boom. <laughs> Blink, blink, ding, bling. Ding, 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 
welcome to season three of Ho Yeah Podcast. <laughs> we are on a new season. We are on new mics. Uh, we're on a new zest for life. Yeah. New season, new mics, new zest for life. Last season, when we started season two, we were not in quarantine and we Mm-mm. ended season two in quarantine. Who knows where we'll be when we get to the end of season three? We'll. Oh. Oh no. <laughs> I can't think about that. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I started to like. My, I started to actually ask, will we even be alive? And then I was like, I don't even want to entertain that. Because then it'll be so sadly ironic when we're both dead. <laughs> and our loved ones only have these recordings to reflect back on. They're going to play these at our funeral. <laughs> yeah. They're going to be laughing really hard right now, but also crying at how sad it is. But also just like, that's that's our Amy. <laughs> That's her. Oh, Jackie. Always Jackie's making a there joke. Too. Yeah. Can't take can't be serious for five minutes. <laughs> well, we're not dead yet. So, and we still got an Someday. entire season three. Someday. 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 Not yet. Speaking of which, this is a great episode to be starting off with that little uh, reminder that eventually we will all die because this episode very much centers around death and people dying. Very much so. Specifically, one person dying. Well, definitely dying, and then another person contemplating death and being mm-hmm. afeared of it. That's right. Trauma. Trauma? Oh, chock, chock full of trauma mm-hmm. this episode is. I tell you what. I tell you what. (laughs) (laughs) I'm saying half Yoda, half fucking A kill. All right. (laughs) I'm so excited to be kicking off the third season. I can't believe this. Third season, and we still haven't even been doing this for a full year yet. It feels like an eternity. It does. It only occurred to me, uh, like, fairly recently, like, we haven't even been doing this for a year. And I can't remember a time before this. What did we even do with our days? It's sad to think about. I know. (laughs) Time wasted. Wasted. 31 years Mm -hmm. of waste. (laughs) No, I'm excited to kick off season three, too. And there's a couple of other things that I'm excited about. So we, we're making moves, mm. y'all. Very small moves, but very exciting ones. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got the new mics. We are uploading more audio to our Patreon. Uh, so we have some extra <laughs> tangent-filled uh, audio that we put out. We're going to be putting out very soon, if not already, the uh, Season 2 recap uh, on our Patreon we might have some new merch at the end of the month. I, I feel maybe I'm jinxing us with that, but I, I don't think I am. I'm just so excited. I know. I'm very excited, too. I can't wait. I can't wait. Anyway, specifically because I want it for me. I want that merch. <laughs> I want it, too. <laughs> I can't wait until it's mine. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so we got that going on. I've just like had a lot of, we, you know, just like a lot of ideas and creativity coming to me. So it feels good. I feel like we're starting again, starting for the first time again. I completely agree. It's, uh, you know, finishing one season and starting a new one. That's a transition period and transition periods come with of course, change, but a lot of mm-hmm. inspiration and rebirth and reinvention. Yeah. Yeah. And what else are we going to do while we're in quarantine? I'm ready to be rebirthed. Mm-hmm. Push me out and allow me to create. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but okay. So. We did a little little bit of a teaser there with that, you know, we're going to have some merch. But also, I want to give Patreon shout-outs because we got some new patrons. Yes. Ooh, we're so excited Yay. to have you. Yay! Yes! Oh, speaking of which, we're doing the watch party this Thursday. So that is going to be this, this Thursday, uh, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time, March, what is that? March 14th. Be there or be square. That's right. All right. Let's give a shout out to our new patrons. Patrons. New patrons. Mm. Starting with Shauna F. <laughs> we got Jack's Attacks. And we got App seven I L <laughs> April April Probably. no definitely <laughs> most certainly yes we know April yay thank you everyone for joining us this is so awesome we're so fucking excited yes oh, and again it's because of your support that we can have this new and improved mic setup at least I hope to God it's improved <laughs> I hope so too it feels good on my face. Yeah, she won't stop rubbing her face on <laughs> It's soothing. <laughs> it is nice. It's like rubbing pantyhose on your face. It smells good. It's, it smells like being in a shoe store, which used to bore me, but now I crave it. I kill <laughs> to be in a shoe store. I would kill to put on those tiny pantyhose socks. I just keep talking <laughs> about pantyhose. <laughs> Maybe I'm discovering a new fetish. (laughs) Whatever the patrons want. (laughs) We'll be your... uh, I was going to say, we'll be your tiny dancers, but that's a mix of Elton John and Tina Turner. (laughs) We'll be your tiny dancers. Dancers for money. We'll do what you want us to do. Anything. Anything. I thought about, I was trying to think of things to throw up on the Patreon, and I thought, what if I did an entire workout class? But it was all Kegels. (laughs) (laughs) What tier, what amount of money are we putting on that one? (laughs) (laughs) I almost feel bad charging people for it, but. (laughs) No, absolutely not. That's a high tier right there. That is. (laughs) That is up there. That is not a $5 tier. <laughs> just, I imagine it's really just close on your face. <laughs> and you're just moving up and down slightly. <laughs> a little bead of sweat falls down. From- 
My entire face is still, except I keep like doing a little, little tiny stiff half smile. <laughs> Slamming water, just chugging water like you're like you're in the Sahara. My face. <laughs> Throwing cups of water on my face and my vagina. <laughs> that okay, so we got a new tier. I can't wait to put that up. all right let's see here oops nope see i'm i'm using two computers so i keep using the wrong mouse (laughs) what a nerd (laughs) i'm using two computers (laughs) sorry guys i have too many mouses i got mouses of monitors i don't know where i'm looking Well, I wanted to do a quick shoutily doodle mm. dee-doo to mm. Chloe Rodriguez over at Unwatchable Podcast. Yes. Which we got to be uh, guests on her podcast, and mm-hmm. we got to just spend the whole episode talking about King of the Hill. Yes. And we were super nervous because we've never been guests on a podcast before, but it ended up being a lot of fun and it, it just felt so good to be able to just ramble in a million different directions about King of the Hill and just kind of <laughs> go off. And she is somebody who is not just a pleasure to talk to, but she also has a film degree and she also does research. So I actually learned a, <laughs> I learned a lot too <laughs> about Mike Judge when I was listening back. I was like, oh my God. So it was... <laughs> It was a really great experience and the episode was a lot of fun. So shout out to Chloe. Thank you for having us on and and check that out. It that episode's out now. So go check it out. Yeah, it was it was really interesting and fun doing that episode. It was like I was definitely super nervous. I was like, oh my God, I'm gonna I'm gonna fuck this up. Yeah. <laughs> so for sure. And then but as I was listening to it, I was like, God damn, she's smart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like Chloe is smart. I texted Jackie, I said, so what does even what does meritocracy even mean? Mm-hmm. I'm like, wait, no, I know what it means. And then I looked it up and I was like, oh no, I actually have no idea. I, I didn't know what that meant. <laughs> I know. Meanwhile, cut to us and we're just like, dolphins are fucking disgusting. <laughs> I know. We just we couldn't help ourselves. <laughs> I don't even know how we started talking about that. Started well. She was mentioning um, "Return to La Grunta," the episode where oh. Hank is assaulted by the dolphin. And right. Doi, come on, we can't help ourselves. Eyes lit up the second <laughs> we were just like, "Yes, <laughs> continue." Yes. I know this episode. Let's talk about it. Huh? <laughs> it was all I could do not to be like, you know, that dolphins shoot ropes, right? I was thinking it the whole time. I can't believe neither of us did it. We really held back, honestly. I mean, we did our best. Yeah, we held back. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't talk about poop once. Not a not a single time. Mm-mm. I did shit my pants though. <laughs> I just didn't tell anyone. I just sat there. It was fine. I know. We watched Amy clean herself up, but the whole time she just kept putting her finger to her mouth. And we, and then in response, we would just do like that little mime zipping your lips with a thumbs up. 
And great news, we recorded that on video, so I'm going to put that up on the Patreon for everyone to see. Yay! (laughs) Just kidding, we did it. For all our scat fans. (laughs) That's going to be a new tier. Yeah. God. (laughs) See? We we can only be good for so long. (laughs) Just too excited about season three. Yes, definitely. And also excited about that episode that came out with from Unwatchable with Chloe Rodriguez. So please go check it out. It's on iTunes and she's brilliant. Mm-hmm. She's a very soothing voice too. Yeah, for sure. Unlike our screeches. All right. We are only two reviews away from 200 on iTunes. So if you would be so kind, it would mean... Everything to me. Everything. 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 We also got a couple new voicemails, which I'm so excited to figure out what kind of weird video I could set to those. So nice. Keep calling. Funk 30 firm. F U R M. (laughs) That's Funk 30 F U R M. Easy. Got it. Yeah. Because <laughs> I can't remember the numbers. So, you ready? I, I'm ready. I'm so excited. Ugh. Not only am I excited to start season three to kick it off, but we have been dangling in limbo because our last episode was a cliffhanger. So it's just, mm. I'm so excited to get back into it. Wrap it up. I'm excited because as I was rewatching this episode that I've seen a million times, I was cracking up. There were so many LOL moments, laughing out loud. Yeah. And I was like, I just wrote so many things down. So let's buckle up. All right. I know. I, I had that thought too. I was like, they are really kicking off season three with a bang. And I imagine it's, I was trying to put myself in that position where you waited all summer. It's been mm-hmm. months. And the new episode of the new season is about to start. And it just has everyone in it. And it's all funny lines. Everyone is just being their most exact, hilarious characters of themselves. Mm-hmm. It's it, you could you could feel that it's a season premiere episode. Yeah. And it's full of drama. Like, Ooh. I mean, just just like an internal drama, you know, trauma. So, drama, drama. <laughs> that's that's what it's called in the DSM five. Yeah, <laughs> season three, episode one, propane boom number two, death of a propane salesman. <laughs> Bobby and Connie are contemplating their futures while on the playground when Dooley appears out of nowhere and deadpan tells Bobby that his father has been blown up. (laughs) Your dad was blown up. (laughs) How does he even know? Right. How does he know? I mean, he must have ran from wherever he was that he heard the news to find Bobby to be the first one to break his heart. (laughs) Well, Oh, yeah. That I was going to say, that's actually really touching that he made a point to go. I, w- I was like, was he just, did he hear about this and then just happened to run into Bobby and told him? And then the idea of him 
running, I have to go find Bobby to tell him is really sweet. But then <laughs> like delighting in the idea that he would be the one to break the news is <laughs> kind of brings you back down. <laughs> it's what I'm good at. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's Julie. We're back at the scene of the accident of the explosion. There's just still chaos happening. You know, there's there's firemen there, but Peggy is rightfully losing her shit. She's screaming, Hank, 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 where are you? And looking around. I can't imagine. I mean, she, you see a lot, you see your loved one walk inside of like essentially a Walmart and then that building blows up. Can you imagine? I would, I would absolutely be losing my shit. I would be fighting to get in there, you know, just running around screaming. Screaming. Just going, what the fuck? Over and over again. I'd probably start punching people. Yeah. (laughs) Let me in there. Yeah. (laughs) So uh, Luann is also missing. Mm -hmm. But a fireman emerges from the smoke and flames, escorting Hank and Luann to safety. Peggy is overcome with relief as they are, you know, hugging and embracing each other. Peggy, you know, it's like, oh, my God, Luann's blanket that was wrapped around her head falls off and her hair is her prized hair is singed to the roots and it is like soot colored and peggy and hank are both like oh fuck oh no and luanne says hmm my head feels funny or my hair feels funny and she goes to comb it and it all just falls out and she is bald completely bald she looks exactly like uh sid vicious (laughs) <laughs> she has the same hairstyle as Sid Vicious and then yeah she's just like my hair feels weird and then she goes to comb it and it just it's like she's dusting like dirt off of a table just gently sweeps right off she's bald yep yep totally bald so she freaks out Free- just starts screaming <laughs> which again understandable <laughs> shortly thereafter Chuck Mangione emerges from the building thank god thank Alive. god he's He's alive and traumatized, but otherwise physically well. He still has his hair. Yeah. It's the hat (laughs) and that wizard's cape. It protected him. The cape. (laughs) Hank turns to a fireman and inquires about Buckley. You know, there was somebody else in there. Is he okay? And the fireman informs him there were no other survivors. So at this point, we have learned that Buckley, Buckley has passed. A moment of silence, please. Okay, that's enough. <clears throat> I mean, it's sad. Buckley's dead. He was exploded into many pieces, I would imagine. I know. I mean, for them to not find a whole body, not even, it sounds like they didn't even find a full half of a body. Mm-hmm. Just, oh, that is gruesome. I know. Luann is so lucky because she was with him and she only lost her hair. But you would think she would have come out of it like a two-faced level of disfigurement. (laughs) Something. Thank God she turned around. Like she said, that's why she still has her eyebrows and... Right. And her nipples. (laughs) It's the most important parts. Eyebrows and nipples. Can you imagine if you lost your nipples in a fire, (laughs) an explosion? My nipples got blown off. Yeah. <laughs> Popped clean off my bod. Yeah. They didn't survive. They had to be amputated. Just the nipples. <laughs> <laughs> now 
now I have phantom nipple. <laughs> I swear I can still feel it. At night it wakes me up. You can't tell, but I'm cold right now. <laughs> Later that day, Hank comes out of the hospital room. They have all gone to the emergency room to get checked out, make sure that everything is still, for the most part, attached, nipples included. And, uh, you know, there's no dings or dents, as Hank says. And Bobby is so relieved to see Hank come out unscathed. He's giving him a big hug. And Hank is being very dismissive and uh, (laughs) avoidant because... I will dismissive and avoidant of what happened, not Bobby. <laughs> he's being, he's just really minimizing the entire thing. Yes, very much so. He's like, you know, all right, well, I'm alive. Let's let's go hit some baseballs or something. Yeah, he is just like, that's the good thing about death. You either die or you don't. And then that's just that. <laughs> that's, that's it. A moment later, Luann emerges from her own room. And in one of my favorite Peggy lines ever, she's right before... Luann comes to them. Uh, Peggy turns to Bobby. Luann is going to look different, maybe even hypnotically grotesque. (laughs) Because she lost her fucking hair. (laughs) And it's going to be such a level of grotesque that it will put you into a trance. Like you can't look away. You'll lose all sense of like (laughs) propriety. (laughs) It will render you speechless. Yes. God. So Peggy's like, oh my God, hi, Luann, you look great. You know, it, it, but don't worry, we'll put on makeup, put makeup on you and, you know, you'll look just beautiful as ever, just as pretty as before. And Luann has, is starting to cope with it with anger. Like she's, she's angry and she. If you get is, angry, you can't feel sad. Right. That's the right. rule. So Luann basically just says, I don't care about makeups and uh hairdressing and all of that fun beautiful beauty stuff i don't care about that anymore the world is ugly essentially and you know i want people to see it that way i mean she says that later but like that's what she's saying at that point everybody goes home safe and sound and uh hank is seen outside he's you know drinking with the guys having a beer insisting that he's perfectly fine no issues you know bill says you shouldn't be standing after what happened and hank's just like ah stop it i'm okay i'm fine i didn't die it's not a big deal in the middle of dale informing them that buckley definitely isn't dead uh Mm -hmm. buck strickland pulls up coming back comes crawling back to hank after he fired him uh (laughs) almost put his family in ruins Comes back to Hank and says, guess what? We're opening up tomorrow, so come on back. You've got your job back, and we're ready to get get going and selling propane again. And it kind of insinuates that Hank is the w- one behind the explosion. And Hank is insistent. He's like, well, I wasn't the one behind the explosion. And they're like, oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, he calls him Nitro. Nitro, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> kind of gives an excuse to Buck about uh, saying, well, you know, I didn't give Megalomart my uh, two weeks notice, so I don't know if I can come in that soon. And that's when Buck says, oh, I think you gave him your notice, Nitro. Yeah. <laughs> I like that scene, too, when uh, he's talking to the guys in the alley and he's 
Bill is like, are you sure you're okay to be out here? And Hank is insistent. He's like, I'm fine. It's no big deal. Buildings explode. That's what they do. (laughs) And then by the end of the scene, it shows him pouring his beer into a pint glass. And Mm. everyone is just very, that's like a huge red flag. Everyone's very concerned. Yes, it was, it was like, it was as if he, I don't know, just started butt chugging it or something. I know. Or if he poured himself a glass of wine instead. That would have been like, even I would have been like, Hank. Yeah. (laughs) Like, whoa. (laughs) Like a rosé too. (laughs) With a frozen strawberry in it. (laughs) A frosé, if you will. He's like, I'm fine. And then he just pulls out a daiquiri, a strawberry daiquiri. (laughs) (laughs) All delicious drinks, but Hank? Mm -mm. If his drink has any color to it other than piss yellow, he ain't drinking it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The next morning, they're all in the kitchen. The phone rings and Peggy answers it. And it is Buck Strickland. Hank, in a very unlike Hank way, tells Peggy, I'm busy. Take a message. You know, I mean, Buck Strickland... He would drop everything to answer a phone call from him. So this is kind of shocking to Peggy. She's even more shocked when she finds out that Strickland actually offered Hank his job back yesterday. And he never told her about it. So he basically refuses to go into work. He's like, I'm not. He's like, I'm busy. I'm decrumming the toaster over here. So I've got my hands full. Simply cannot leave. Peggy then goes to check in on Luann and she tries to cheer her up with her manger babies. And uh, Luann is just like, puppets are for babies. And in the real life, penguins die a cold, terrible death. <laughs> Which I, know. I guess she's probably right. <laughs> she's really exploring this new side of being like a touch a tunesy bit more socially aware and exploring what it feels like to be outraged and yeah. she's sharing her photography with Peggy and it's just pictures of hungry children on CNN yeah i i love that i love it's such a childish thing to do Incre- yeah it's like something an 8 year old would do i love mm-hmm. it But this is all new to Luann. These feelings are very new to her. Exactly. Luann is, yeah, she's basically trying to uh, have a part in activism. And, you know, she's she's going into some interesting places. She's, you know, with this with this anger. And um, I don't think bitterness is the right word. I don't think it's right. Maybe it's probably a a part of. The denial stage where, Mm -hmm. no, maybe not denial, but she's definitely, she has a lot of emotions. She is not ready to deal with her grief. Um, Mm -hmm. And sadness and grief is so intense. It's so much easier if you could channel it into outrage. And I almost feel like by taking on this role, it helps distract her from her pain, but it also justifies her hairstyle now. Because <laughs> she's grieving over that, she's she's grieving two losses for sure. And and you're right, like sadness and grief are, are like physically painful. They mm-hmm. they physically hurt, and it they're unbearable. Feels, they're unbearable. It it feels you can feel it in your body, in your heart, in your stomach, and also you know feeling 
unattractive on top of it like she's like her part of her identity is her hair Mm -hmm. and she's lost that now too and maybe even a little bit of guilt because she had just broken up with Buckley right before he died so in order to not really feel that guilt she's like whatever you know I broke up with him and right beforehand so he wasn't my boyfriend I didn't you know I don't really care yeah you think it's sad that Buckley died well it's also sad that children are starving somewhere probably (laughs) right right just like deflect 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 Mm -hmm. all throughout like this episode dale is trying to prove that buckley is still alive well not maybe throughout this episode but right up until the funeral (laughs) which is so good oh my god so dale's over at the the explosion at the site of the explosion and he's you know kind of badgering a worker and he's just like oh yeah well you know that they like all megalomarts have uh, employees have a five thousand dollar life insurance plan like somebody's gonna blow up a megalomart for a five thousand dollar life insurance (laughs) that's what buckley was gonna do he didn't die or i can't i can't really understand what he's trying to do i think he's trying to assume that either buckley is like trying to get the money or they like the government is trying to get this money like this life insurance policy the the worker says to him like there's no cover-up it's pretty straightforward and he's like yeah that's what they want you to think and he goes sir we are they yeah (laughs) 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 runs away (laughs) i know he makes it he makes it sound like buckley was involved in some kind of higher up conspiracy because it does yeah he was saying like all that you know, all that was left of Buckley was his name tag, and it's just like, well, that's all he wanted you to find of him. But right, but the, also the whole—that's what they want you to think. Well, <laughs> now Buckley's involved in like this scheme to get a five thousand dollar life insurance <laughs> <laughs> that he's going to have to split with the government, I guess, yeah. <laughs> with investigators. Yeah, we'll come out rich one last job. I swear. Yeah. <laughs> I guess, I mean, I guess it couldn't hurt to see what $5,000 was in 1998, but here, I'm looking it up now. Even if it was $10,000, even if it was twice the amount. <laughs> oh my God, it was $500,000. Uh, in today's money, $5,000 in 1998 in today's money would be $8,003.79. I mean, that's, yeah. That's nothing. Uh, no, I know, but it's definitely more than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be like 5,500. dollars <laughs> <laughs> was a long time ago, and the economy has done the most beautiful swan dive since then. So, <laughs> so many times. <laughs> so many times. At dinner time, Hank is unable to approach his backyard grill. He's haunted by the explosion uh, at Megalomart. And is now understandably terrified of propane. Yeah. Um, And I will say, though, have you ever tried to light a propane grill when you have to press that fucking button and you can hear it like going? (sighs) No, I would. I will never. It's terrifying. It is terrifying. I am convinced every time that it's going to explode. I'm scared to even light a gas fireplace. I I've never done it and I won't. I won't do it unless I have one of those really long, long lighters. But it has to be like three feet long. Well, and then there's that scene with Hank where he's trying to light it with a gigantic stick. I'm like, that's how I feel. I know. That's that's smart. That's a safe way to light that thing. Yeah. (laughs) Some distance. Some distance between you and the exploding tank. Yeah. Ugh. 
So anyway, so Hank tosses the meat over the over the fence because he's just he's like, oh shit, I lost it. I can't cook it. Oh, I, know, I lost the steaks. I lost them. Ah, just flew out of my hands. Yeah. <laughs> I love this because it's just so disgusting, Dale. The gobbets of meat falling from the raining from the sky. And then he tastes it. And he's like, it doesn't taste like Buckley. I know. There, there are so many good Dale moments. I just, I he's really, they're really kicking off season three with just good Dale. Oh, yeah. Excellent. Excellent. We are now on the day of Buckley's funeral. Peggy informs Hank that he needs to help man the propane grill at the funeral. Because apparently wake grilling is a thing. I have never experienced it, but it's a thing in the world of Arlen, Texas. Uh, Hank, still avoiding propane and the trauma and admitting that he's traumatized, he comes up with an excuse to not grill, saying that he barely knew Buckley. He's like, I don't know that guy. (laughs) Then Luann enters into the kitchen where everyone's at, and Peggy informs Luann. She's like, oh, guess what? Your friends at the beauty school, they made you a wig. They they brought this over to you. And it's it's just this multicolored wig from scraps of, like, cut hair, I guess, (laughs) which is so gross. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Luann uh, hands the wig to Peggy and says, throw it out. I don't want this. You know, Mm -hmm. like, mm -mm, don't want it. And and let me say that I am digging Luann's look in this episode with yeah. the the super short buzz hair now because it's grown out a little bit at this point. She's not completely bald. And the definitely, Con says the Sinead O'Connor act. She looks like her and she looks so cool. I know. She's got her <laughs> spaghetti strap, long yes. dress with the black t-shirt underneath it. It's a look. And the and the combat boots, which I have Yet. worn that exact outfit. I wore that like last year. I have that outfit. The combat boots. Yes. Yes. God, so cool. Later, mourners gather at Arlen Cemetery to pay Buckley their last respects. During the service, the pastor then asks, uh, you know, does anybody want to come up and say something? You know, and it's kind of given to Lan- to Luann to go up there and say something. And she's like, I, oh, she just kind of uses it as a way to be angry. And, mm-hmm. you know, she's using it as a forum to speak out against starving children in Ireland as, as if she's Sinead O'Connor. But when she goes to show the picture of the starving Irish child, it's just a picture. It's a full size poster of Bobby in his underwear, reaching for some fries. <laughs> <laughs> It's such a good, oh, it's so good. Holy shit. This is is what a starving child looks like. Very much like if a child was trying to (laughs) make a point, like you only know, the only child you have access to was Bobby. (laughs) And you're taking a picture of him eating fries in his underwear. And he's not starving to death. No, he's chunky. He's a chunky boy. <laughs> Reaching for, for, for some fucking fries. I love it. <laughs> it's not even like it's clean water. It's French fries. <laughs> Luann sits down and she, the minister is just like, okay, does anybody else want to say something about Buckley? Uh, then Khan. Yeah, uh, Khan comes up to the front and, you know, he states that at first he didn't like Buckley. But when he saw how much he annoyed Hank, he was like, hmm, I think I should. This guy's funny. I think I'm going to hang out with him. And apparently they became bosom buddies. Best, best buds. Yeah. I'm so curious about this relationship. I, he clearly got to know Buckley on a level that probably Luann didn't even. I don't know. 
<laughs> it sounds like it. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like definitely he had a better relationship with Khan than Luann, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> he then delivers a very poignant Buddhist story that basically, you know, tells you to like, you got to enjoy life while you can because death is coming for you either way. Yeah. Uh, from truly. the top or the bottom. It's coming. That's what, I mean, we were just talking about that last episode. Oh, yeah. So he tells this very poignant story and nobody really gets it. They think it's a joke, which <laughs> I think it's funny that they think it's a joke because I just thought I would never think that. <laughs> I know. Hank is insulted. He's like, this guy's telling jokes. It's a funeral. <laughs> I kind of do like when people tell jokes at funerals. Not like terrible jokes. <laughs> Not like bad ones, but they say something funny about yeah. like maybe the person or whatever. It's, it's like a lighthearted joke. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That feels better. Not just like, so what's up with airplane food? Not like that kind of a joke. (laughs) Like doing their tight five. (laughs) Let me just workshop some things with you guys. How do you feel about that right now? I know. It just turns into prop comedy, but you're using your dead friend. (laughs) They're back at home and Bobby is filthy from trumping around, trumping, tramping around a cemetery. And she says, you know, Bobby, tramping. What did I say? Tromping? Tromping, tramping. Tromping, tramping, tromping. <laughs> uh, Bobby has gotten filthy, disgusting, dirty being in a cemetery. <laughs> and Peggy is like, get in that bath. And he says, the, the water's cold. So it turns out that the uh, hot water heater, the light has gone out, which I had no idea that you had to light them. Yes. My dad was showing me his hot water heater one time and I don't know. I can't remember why. I, oh, he just got a new one. That was it. And you know, dads. And yeah, <laughs> while he was showing it to me, I realized, oh my God, there's a pilot light. Right. Why doesn't this just blow up all the time? Uh, all the time. It just sounds so scary to have that sitting in your house. Who designed that? They're like, we're going to build a container for gas and we'll keep a very tiny flame next to it at all times. I don't understand. That just sounds like, what? No, not safe. So, you know, Peggy asked him to, I guess, light the pilot light. I guess that's what it is. And so the hot water can get a run in. And Hank is standing there and he's like, oh, God, I don't know. He's looking at it. He's a little bit freaked out. And Peggy just goes, what are you waiting for? Grabs the matches. I'll do it. Goes to light it. And Hank just tackles her, like tackles her out of the way because it's going to blow. It's going to blow up. That's when Peggy realizes her husband is afraid of propane. (sighs) She's afraid. Wait, no, he's afraid. (laughs) He's afraid. So she she's like, we got to get you. We got to get something. This is not Hank. We got to get you taken care of. So she brings them to a group uh, like grief or trauma meeting. Chuck Mangione is there and there's this, he's a grief counselor and he concludes that Hank is just actually, he's afraid of death. You're not afraid of propane. You're afraid of death, which I would say that maybe he's afraid of both because propane did almost kill him. So I know. Ah, yeah. (laughs) The love of his life. Right. The love of his life is, is what tried to kill him. I mean, that's a, that's a hard thing to reckon. (laughs) Yeah. Hank is dismissive of the idea and the the grief counselor is kind of bombarding Hank like you're afraid of death admit it. Rawr! <laughs> Hank has yeah. a freak out. He f- thinks he could hear a gas, you know, propane uh gas leak and he's like the whole place is going to blow and he takes off running. Yeah, it like uh the counselor's so aggressive it triggers what would you call it? Not a flashback, but 
I don't know, maybe a, a panic attack. A panic like, attack, yeah. Yeah, it triggers it triggers a pan like him to go into a, a panic episode. So he takes off running, and but later, you know, we're back at the house, and Hank is just like, you know, do you guys ever think about death? He's finally <laughs> kind of kind of talking about it just a little bit and everybody has you know they all start talking about death they kind of start discussing the idea of like you know well if hank dies then i'll take care of bobby and you know or i'll take care of peggy of course bill uh, <laughs> so, yeah. so desperate I, I love oh god i love dale just so many quotes from him that are so mm-hmm. good they're being very flippant about it just like oh i'll take this one i'll take that one and you know we got a deal you know the shaking hands about Hank dying. Bobby overhears this conversation and he naturally panics and he just takes off running because he's scared. Hank is informed of Bobby running away uh, by Peggy and they spring into action using Ladybird. <laughs> Ladybird. Using Ladybird and a fruit pie to track down Bobby. <laughs> I love that scene. She's like, okay, smell the fruit pie. She's locked on his scent. I know. <laughs> his scent is fruit pie. <laughs> as soon as Hank leaves, Luann dismisses their fears over Bobby uh, having gone missing, stating that there were bigger problems in the world than just one little lost boy. And Con is just like, all right, that's enough. I'm tired of your strange Sinead O'Connor act. And he says, you know, I cried. I cried a river for Buckley. You know, why? Why not? Why don't you? Why don't you feel bad? And pisses Luann off and she stomps off to her bedroom and she's like, so what? I'm not crying over Buckley. Who cares? And she finds a card from Buckley, which is amazing. (laughs) (laughs) It's perfect, Buckley. It is absolutely perfect. She finds a card from him and, you know, this really kind of seems to be what takes her out of the anger and brings her back to grief and acceptance, really, that he's yeah. he's gone. Her hair is gone. She feels ugly. She's sad. She feels alone. You know, so she finally is letting herself feel these feelings. And then all of a sudden, out of the corner comes <gasps> the penguin <laughs> and the and the meow, the donkey. <laughs> and they they counsel her, which oh that's so sweet (laughs) it's yeah oh yeah it's all it's all sweet and concerning exactly evenly it's (laughs) i mean first of all what triggers this her finally coming to terms with just acknowledging her feelings is this card from buckley and it's all it is is just like hey you know i was gonna buy you those earrings that you liked but I'm kind of, I don't know, tied on cash or something. So <laughs> I'm all some old, out. <laughs> here, yeah, here's some uh, old CDs I don't listen to anymore. Buckley. <laughs> Later, Buckley. Later, Buckley. <laughs> and then that's, and then she just starts to lose it. And we're like, all right, you know, girl, you know, feel it, let it out. And mm-hmm. then the <laughs> penguin and the donkey appear and they start <laughs> talking to her, but she is them. So she's talking to herself. <laughs> she's she's done a lot of play therapy in her life so she now knows how to be both the counselor and the uh (laughs) the client that's what i kept thinking i was like this is she's had so much play therapy with puppets in her life from all of the trauma but that is thing yeah (laughs) so you know luann she finally has her moment of understanding and you know 
recognizing what she's going through and starting to try and heal from it. Yeah. Hank then finds Bobby. He's sitting in the the rocket ship thing. He's sitting on top of that. It's at the top, uh, kind of hiding. At the playground, right? Yeah, at the playground where they we saw them in the very beginning ep- uh, of the episode where we saw him and Connie. Bobby tells Hank that he ran away because he was freaked out about hearing Hank and the others so easily talk about Hank's death and like what was going to happen to Bobby and Peggy because of it. Hank, you know, of course, he feels bad that Bobby overheard that. And he says, you should not be concerned about me dying at such a young age, although he did almost die. So Bobby kind of has a valid reason to be concerned. But anyway, you know, but rightfully so, he still says to Bobby, you know, you shouldn't feel scared that me dying should be on the last of your list. You know, you got to you can't be so afraid of death. You know, you got to relax and enjoy life. And suddenly Hank, like, hears his own words and he finally understands the meaning of Khan's story with the tigers and the the man running away from them in the strawberry. So he kind of tries to impart this wisdom onto Bobby, but doing it in his best Hank way by making it about a football team and Roger Staubach. Yeah. <laughs> and Strawberry Gatorade. Yeah. And kind of tells Bobby this, you know, this inspirational story. Or not inspirational, but like this this story that's supposed to get it through to him that, you know, whatever, that's not that big of a deal. You got to enjoy life. And Bobby doesn't understand it and he thinks it's a joke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then we see them, Bobby's trying to tell this joke in the best kid way possible. Like, just like, wait a second, did I already say this part? Okay, well, that's the punchline. So hold on. <laughs> Don't I know, laugh I love yet. That part. <laughs> Hank tells this, like, kind of ripped off story, this story he ripped off from Khan about the tiger, but then he makes it about football and Gatorade. And then he gets to the end and Bobby's just like, that was good, Dad. You, you told it well. Here's another <laughs> joke. And then he just kind of like... <laughs> Just gives the punchline first and goes out of order. And he's like, well, there's this one part, but I don't need to talk about that. And I just love it. It's such a little kid moment. Oh, I know. It's so sweet. And I love, you see Hank put his arm around Bobby and they kind of just like look out into the sunset. But then during the end credits, everybody, Hank is back at Strickland. He's uh, clearly, he's overcome his fear of propane and he's doing okay. And everybody's just like, thanks for blowing up Megalomar. And he's just like, I didn't blow it up. I know. And they're making fun of him for being so scared. I <laughs> know. Like, oh, look, my arm got blown off, Hank. <laughs> I, know. I know. It's so insensitive. It's hilarious. I know. <laughs> and then that's the episode. Yay. Okay, that was so long. Well done. There was a lot in that episode and you tackled it perfectly. I'm exhausted. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's just, Jackie, favorite quotes, moments? I mean, there's so many. Yes, there are so many moments. Let's see. uh, We touched on several, but, uh, well, one of the first things that we haven't mentioned yet was when Bobby and Peggy are at the hospital and they're waiting for Hank to come out. And there's a chalkboard behind them. And Bobby ends up eating a piece of chalk and Peggy's not even looking at him, but she just does that mom thing where she puts her hand out and she's like, that's not a mint. And he has to like spit it out into her hand. (laughs) (laughs) That mom sense. Mm -hmm. You just know something's going wrong. 
Yeah. Put that out of your mouth. I don't know what's in your mouth, but take it out. And (laughs) uh, a quote from Luann after the explosion, just, uh, I learned something from that explosion. Beauty doesn't last forever. It can be blown off your head. (laughs) I I wrote that one down too. I love it. There's so many good lines in this episode. So many. I know. I... I already mentioned it, but God, I love that line from Hank of, I'm fine. It's no big deal. Buildings explode. That's what they do. (laughs) That's what they do. That's what they do. That's what they're Um, made for. (laughs) uh, The part at Buckley's funeral where Dale is still convinced that this is a conspiracy and Buckley's not dead and he finally lifts open the casket and looks inside and he turns like a cream light green color and vomits on Buckley's remains in the casket. That part made me laugh so hard today when I was watching it. I just cracked the fuck up. That's what you get, Dale. Buckley, God knows what could possibly be left of him in there. <laughs> All I'm imagining are some guts and the Megalomart uh, vest. Yeah, singed. maybe his name tag. That's it. That's that's it. <laughs> there be anything in there? They just would have to lay out like here's like a little bit of bone and an eyeball, and I'm just <laughs> laying that as delicately as I can. Just cremate that at that point, or put it in a little tiny shoebox or something. <laughs> Throw it into the ocean. Whatever. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Caskets are fucking expensive. You're going to spend that much money on a name tag and a tattered, bloodied vest and one shin bone? Come on. And a bunch of vomit. (laughs) And a bunch of vomit. And now Dale's vomit will be underneath the ground for all of eternity. (laughs) Mingled with Buckley. Who would have ever thought? Can you imagine? You're going to spend your remains will spend eternity with somebody else's vomit. Just that's that's your end. That's the end of your story. It's pretty metal. (laughs) (laughs) That's a whole concept album by a metal band right there. (laughs) They just spend months in a basement doing LSD and then they come out with this album and it's just all about that. (laughs) Each song. It's a funeral doom band and each song is 30 minutes long. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, and then the only other two things that I had left were at the end when Hank finds Bobby at the playground, you know, he, he's been looking for him. They, uh, they took Lady Bird out with the fruit pie to find him. And Hank was just like, yeah, you know, we put Lady Bird on your scent, but like ultimately Mr. Krinsky called and said he saw you over here. And then Bobby was just like, oh, he was probably looking for his mom. And then it cuts to a sandbox that's nearby. And there's just an old lady just picking up sand and pouring it out of her hand into the (laughs) sandbox. Like clearly just somebody in late stages of Alzheimer's. I know. 
that was my grandma. She would do shit like that and be yeah. like, Mama, what are you doing? Oh, God. Mama. Just, I know. Poor thing. She was oh. so Alzheimer-y. I know. <laughs> so, so deep into it. Once they get to those late stages, though, then I feel like you don't have to worry about them being upset about anything. I mean, who no. knows, though? I know. God, let's not find out. Sometimes I worry. Sometimes I have like this fear that what if I'm already really, really old and I'm so (laughs) Alzheimer's out of my mind that this is all just a flashback. And then all of a sudden somebody's going to be clapping in my face and they're going to be like, Grandma, (laughs) Grandma, it's not 2020 anymore. Grandma. (laughs) And I'm going to be like, what? What? No. No, I'm sorry to anyone that is experiencing that. It is truly a horrible yeah. thing to go through. But of course, we're going down this hole. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Okay, we got to stop. We gotta stop. Right. Okay, and okay. then the only other thing I made note of, and of course, I attempted to write it down and I couldn't. It was just too much and too incredible and incomprehensible. But uh, Boomhauer's whole speech on death, it was just, he just goes on and on and on and it cuts to the guys and they're kind of staring at him and every once in a while, one of them nods. And then, <laughs> and then he finally like stops talking and he's quiet for a minute and kind of pensive. And then he starts talking again. <laughs> and the only thing you can hear are just bits of like, like, you know, dangle dust in the wind, man, or candle in the wind, or <laughs> like, you are, therefore you are. I don't know. Something like that. <laughs> I know it's just like dust in the wind, all candle in the wind, classic FM, something like that, like classic hits. FM. He mentions like classic hits FM, and, and then uh, you know, so you, I think therefore you are so, something man. like just so random, just and they're all just and then Hank was like, yeah, well that's what we tell ourselves, isn't it, Boomhauer? <laughs> That's I great. love the head nodding. The the one of them are like, yes, mm. yeah, <laughs> sage, like sage wisdom, <laughs> mm. really absorbing what Boomer has to say. That's what we tell ourselves, isn't it? <laughs> God, <laughs> so good. But that's those are all the notes I had. I have so many. I'm gonna just pick some of my faves. Uh, thankfully, you've already you've already said a few. Um, I, I don't have time to look it up, but I forgot to write down the quote with the guidance, the grief counselor, where he's just like, aren't you afraid that you're going to, this is me just verb- like coming off the top of my head from watching it. I, so I will get it wrong, but aren't you afraid of uh, not sipping wine with your friends, <laughs> petting your cat or cats, making love to your partner? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Your cat or cats. <laughs> Everything that Hank is like, fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) And also that, and and Peggy just was like, do you think he needs shock treatment? And he goes, perhaps. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And Chuck Mangione's at the support group too. Yes. Which is another thing that I wrote down. He's in all black. He's in mourning, Mm -hmm. just all black. And he says something like, you know, he says, every song I play sounds like feels so good. And the guy, the grief counselor says, maybe that's because it does feel so good to be alive. And he goes, no, that's not it. (laughs) (laughs) But the best part about that joke is that every song he does play ends up being feels so good. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. At the funeral, I love that. I love that running gag 
anytime Chuck Mangione tries to play something else, it immediately it turns into feels so good. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of my favorite running gags. In the very beginning, Peggy's like, my husband's in there. He had to take this job because nobody else would hire him. And the fireman goes, we're doing the best we can, Mrs. Mangione. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Forget about that. <laughs> and okay, one last one. I just like when they are, when Hank and the guys are discussing like what would happen, you know, to Bobby and everybody. And Dale just goes, I'll take the boy. The widow, the widow Hill is on her own. Yeah. <laughs> It's like the beginnings of seeing that Dale does not like Peggy. <laughs> I know, but it is interesting that he would be, you would, I would just assume that he would want no part of Peggy or Bobby. Right. Yeah. He's willing to raise Bobby. So yeah. he's used to raising other men's children. Other men's- though. <laughs> yep. And that, that's all I'm going to say. That's it. Saying nothing else. But with that said, let's get into listener comments. So, uh, we don't have a listener comment song, but we did get a lovely voicemail from our good, good friend, Gracie No, mm-hmm. and here it is. Hey, it's Gracie No here, and I just wanted to say this. I don't feel so good. I love you. Happy day. Bye bye. <laughs> I'm only just realizing now that that's a kazoo. I know. Oh. It sounds like a kazoo. <laughs> now that I'm listening to it like out loud. Oh, thank it's you, Gracie. So good. Thank you so much. And also, dang, you got a nice voice. Yeah. I felt tingly while I was listening to it. I know. And you're uh, a master kazooer. (laughs) Incredible. Well done. Chuck Mangione would be proud. I do feel so good. Mm -hmm. Martin of the Waking Universe, that boy's no deader than Mother Teresa. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot about that quote. Yes. Another great Dale one. Bender's Redemption. Your dad got blown up. <laughs> Melissa Dotmanen says, Con does an uncon thing offering that beautiful story, and no one got it. <laughs> <laughs> Very out of character for Con, and then nobody respects it. They all I think know. he's telling a joke. It was so striking. Thunder Muffin says, Luann's shadow when she's bald looks like Charlie, Charlie Brown. Brown. <laughs> Uh, Drusifer 2A said, Chuck just emptying his spit valve on the carpet. I missed that part. Ew, I I wrote that down too. I was like, ew, that's so gross. Because that's the noise that Hank is hearing. He hears him like f- like blowing into it and like emptying it out. And that's what he made that's what makes him think it's the propane leak. And I'm like, that's disgusting. So gross. <laughs> Reiki Rose, a quote by Maria Montalvo who we get um, a little taste of, we get a little taste of Bertia Damas. Again, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right, but we saw her a few episodes ago. Um, a quote by her, Hank, look out, it's going to blow. That's, of course, when <laughs> all of his coworkers are taunting him for going through an incredibly traumatic experience. 
uh, Mendozable, not a quote, but when Bobby puts on the wig, I, I know I wrote that too. And I thought, just let Bobby wear the wig mm-hmm. because Hank snatches it off his head all angry again. I know. Bobby <laughs> loves a wig. He loves a wig. Just let him wear a wig. He's going to end up doing it in private and then it's going to become a, like a sexual thing for him. And you're going to have made the whole thing worse. Oh, yeah. He's going to be that guy on the subway that touches women's hair when he's standing behind them. Oh, my God. That is terrifying. Yeah. They're out there. Of course. Crumb dumpster. Dale (laughs) tasting raw beef he finds on the ground. Doesn't taste like Buckley. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm about to go back to our last week listener comment where we had a bunch of uh, comments on there that were in relation to this episode, not last week. So we're going to pull that one up too. Right, responses from last week. KK Transponster, we're doing everything we can, Mrs. Mangione. (laughs) (laughs) Potted Dirt Podcast also says, that's the funny thing about death. You either die or you don't. (laughs) Crimes Universe. Now, Luann is going to look different, maybe even hypnotically grotesque. (laughs) It's such a (laughs) Good one. JMC uh, Nelson, my hair feels weird. (laughs) Ben Stone says, they made me a wig. We made you a wig. Throw it out. (laughs) (laughs) DXR30, this is a picture of a hungry, starving Irish child. Shows picture of Bobby. (laughs) (laughs) Crumb Dumpster says, Khan's beautiful eulogy is something I ponder often. Mm -hmm. Yes. Thank you, everyone. I posted that extremely late, so we didn't get a whole lot of responses. <laughs> well, it was kind of the perfect week to post it late uh, on accident, of course. But we always mean I just I can never remember to post those ahead of time. Mm-mm. But we did have a good amount of comments from last week, so that worked out. So good yes. job, everyone! Thank you, everyone. All right, trivia, trivia. I've only got one. I was so caught up on writing down funny, like, quotes and stuff that I only got one. All right. How many do you have? One. Oh. How many do you really have? Well, I had two, but (laughs) you knew Roger Sawback. Oh, okay. (laughs) All right. You want to go first? Okay. Amy. (sighs) According to Red Book, losing a boyfriend is the fourth most painful loss right between what two other kinds of losses. (laughs) I know this one because I wrote it down as a quote. (laughs) Grandmother and penis. (laughs) Ding, 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 ding. (laughs) Got it. I love that. I love that quote from Peggy. Oh, my God. All right. Jackie, Mm. what two career paths does Connie have trouble deciding between? Becoming a professional violinist mm. or fighting against the overuse of antibiotics. Oh! Is that close? It's dead on! Woo! You did it! And But I will say it's concert violinist, but whatever. job i knew you were gonna get that i had a feeling i had a Thank feeling you. i had faith in you this time <laughs> <laughs> you managed to not let me down this time 
For once in your life. Good job. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Any last thoughts? Well, I have one last question. Oh. Do you know what the next episode is? I do. And I could not be more excited about it because it is one of my all-time favorite episodes. And it is. And they call it Bobby Love. Mmm. Heart-wrenching episode with some of the best voiced a- voice acting a- ever from from Pamela Alden. Oh my god. Yeah. And we have a extra special guest star. Yes, we do. Yes, we do indeed. Uh our of course our guest star from this episode was Chuck Mangione. Mhm. And I guess uh Bertia Damas. Uh yes. Who if yes. you'll remember had that amazing bio written about her. That, <laughs> that maybe she wrote she herself. Definitely- she definitely wrote it herself, which I love. Stan. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> I stand a confident queen. <laughs> <laughs> Writes her own IMDb bio. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So the next one is, uh, and they call it Bobby Love. I'm so excited to talk about this one. It's excellent. Such a good episode. Can't wait. Can't wait. So everyone, check us out on Patreon, Hoya Pod, Instagram, Hoya Pod, uh, Facebook, Hoya Podcast. Got to add, add that extra little part there. Mm-hmm. So, um, re- rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes for the algorithm. Yes. Check out Chloe's podcast, Unwatchable, and and hear us talk about. Hear all of us just talk about how much we love King of the Hill. Mm-hmm. I'd like to know what you guys thought about it because it was our first guest episode. So I'm curious what y'all think. Yes. And leave us more voicemails, more voicemails, more voicemails. Always, always. Our phone number (laughs) is in our Instagram bio. I don't have it memorized. I only have funk three zero F U R M. That's the (laughs) only way I know it. So give us a call. You can do it. You can figure it out. I believe in you. Yeah. And until next time, one, two, three, via con I'm right in your ear. I'm right in it. I'm inside. I'm touching her peas. She's popping her peas. I'm popping my peas. This is what she's going to say when she's doing the Kegel. (laughs) Kegel video. I'm popping my bee. (laughs) 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 All right, Jackie, I'm going to um, stop the recording of the, well, first I'm going to stop this recording. Stop this.